Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. Okay, y'all. Welcome to Heavenly Vision. Welcome. You never know what you're going to get here. I promise you, you never know what you're going to get. Um, but I am honored. I am honored to stand before you guys. Last Sunday, Bishop came um, with a great illustration of who was at the table. And I saw it on live stream. And if anyone watched that sermon or was present to hear the sermon, that means that we had a lot of homework to do this week, right? Um, and it was very challenging to me um, to have to see who was at the table, have to see different roles, and reassignments, right? So that was really hard for me this week, but to God be the glory was done. Um, so we have a lot to do. We're going to fast track this thing. We have baptism today. So for everyone who's rededicating their lives, getting baptized today, I'm excited for you guys. Amen, amen. Um, so before we get into anything, um, there's three things that has to take place, and I believe one of them has already taken place, was the heart to receive. Um, but let's go. That was two. So number one is ears have to be open to receive. Number two, a heart that's open to receive. And then number three, eyes to see yourself. Okay. So today it's going to be a little bit different, but we're going to get through this thing. Okay. So today's message is contending for the faith. And our scripture reading is going to be Jude 1, 24 through 25. If you have it, can you stand with me in honor of God's word? Amen. Amen. When you have it, say amen. If you don't know where it is, it's the second book last to the Revelations. So Revelations, Jude. So go all the way to the end, go to the second book. We there? Amen. Okay, so today's going to be like a talk, talk back. My dad said, no, he's not there. It's okay. <laughs> this is going to be a, it's going to be a different word, but amen. Listen, now all glory to God, who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into his presence without a single fault. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time, and in the present and beyond time. Amen. Amen. You guys can have your seats. God, we thank you for your word that's about to go forth, God. We thank you, God, for each and every person that's in this place, God. I thank you, God, that even as I'm going forth, God, that your spirit and your spirit alone will speak to the hearts of your people, God. God, I thank you, God, that today will be different. I thank you, God, today revival will come. God, I thank you, God, that fresh wind will bestow upon your people, God, in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we bless you. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Everyone, do me a favor and breathe. Breathe in, breathe out. One more time. Breathe in, breathe out. Awesome, awesome. Now, how many people are excited for the word today? You guys excited? Okay, so now what if I ask this question? How many of us are ready for a heart-to-heart -heart inspection with God? Yeah? Yeah, amen? Uh, okay. 
Okay, so now, can you guys do me a favor? Can someone say switch? Switch. Who says switch? Raise your hands. Now do me a favor, gather your stuff and switch seats. Thank you. Gather your stuff, switch seats. And so even in this moment, I want us to do it while we're being quiet, because I want us to be able to hear. Mom and dad, y'all did not switch seats. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. Awesome. You guys, thank you for your obedience. So the reason why I had us do that is because a lot of times we get comfortable in the state that we're in and we don't like to move, right? And then when someone comes to give charge to say, hey, you're doing this wrong. Hey, you're doing that wrong. Someone that's giving leadership, we get that little pushback. I don't want to move, right? I'm good where I'm at. I'm comfortable. You tell me I got to move the baby, the baby bag and the bottles? I'm confused. But thank you for your obedience. Thank you for your obedience. So let's dive into this. Um, Jude, in this book, Jude gives us a doxology. A doxology is literally a praise. Just literally, just think about it. Praying, then praising, and affirming who God is, right? That's what this whole scripture was about, 24 through 25. But as I was studying, I looked, I said, okay, wait, I'm confused. Why are we praising here? What happened before that, right? So I did a little bit of back study on Jude. Jude literally had his intention, his letter that he wrote, his intention was to literally share in the salvation with his brother and sister, right? He was excited to share about salvation. But then something switched. Everyone say, switch. switch. Y'all just did it, right? Something switched in his mind to where it made him very concerned about the body of Christ and where everyone stood in the body of Christ in this day, right? He was more concerned with their walk with Christ. And even the Bible describes it, they use a word called apostasy. Does anyone know what apostasy is? Because before this study, I did not know. Okay? I'm assuming that we don't know, so we're going to teach and we're going to walk through this thing, okay? Everyone say apostasy. Awesome. An apostate. Is my definition up there? Almost. It's almost there. There we go. Apostate. An apostate is a person who professes to be a true believer but has never been regenerated, never or barely produces, someone who has abandoned their religious faith. And in the Greek word, it's described as a runaway slave. Okay, let's do it one more time. Apostate is a person who professes to be a true believer of Jesus Christ but has never been regenerated. You don't produce. You stuck. You just slide in. Someone who has abandoned their religious faith. And in the Greek word, what does it mean? In the Greek. There we go. We listening. I love y'all, man. <sighs> Listen to this. When I was studying, it said, he or she may be baptized. We doing a whole baptism today. So all my candidates, raise your hands. Hey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am excited. And while this is for everyone, I'm going to speak to you guys. So this is for, ooh, what was that? Okay, this just, a, got it. So this is for everyone, but I really want to focus on those who are getting baptized today, okay? Listen to this. It says, he or she may be baptized. 
and participate fully in the privileges of the local Christian fellowship. But after a while, he or she willfully abandons the Christian faith. This has nothing to do with backsliding. The person or the people who are in an apostate, they were never converted. Apostasy is not only denying the Savior, but it is a sin that will lead to death. Convert. We going through ABC training, okay? ABC, convert. Convert means to change in form of character to something new and adopt a new belief or change in action, right? So Jew was very passionate. He was very passionate when it came to the awareness of giving this enlightenment to the church because there's a lot of different examples that he teaches. And he says, from one seed of disobedience, immorality, pride, lack of love, selfish ambition, and the list can go on. This literally messed up everything. And that church, the body of Christ, us, used the golden ticket to use grace to sin. We're going to leave that there. So, to contend, everyone say contend. Contend. To defend a belief or keep affirming that it is true and or to deal with difficult or unpleasant situations. <laughs> Y'all don't know who's serving me today, and it just is a whole different thing in the back, but amen. Amen. So Jude's letter was very honest and spoke truth concerning what has happened and the consequences from rebellion. And furthermore, the letter gives us instructions on how to live a crucified life and be the light when surrounded by apostasy, turmoil, rebellion, and disobedience. I said that, so I'm saying, Jew gives us insight on how to live in the middle of apostasy, rebellion, disobedience, and turmoil, and we can still live a holy life. It's possible, okay? So let's go to Jude, um, Jude 1 through 7, and then we're going to jump to 10. I'm going to skim through this. Y'all with me? This letter is from Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ, and a brother of James. I am writing to you all who have been called by God the Father, who loves you and keeps you safe in care of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more mercy, peace, and love. Dear friends, I have been eagerly planning to write you. Didn't I tell y'all? Okay. I've been eagerly planning to write you about the salvation we all share. But now I find I must write about something else. This is the word of God, okay? Urging you to defend for the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches. This is the word of God. I didn't make this up. Let's go all the way back. Because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches, saying that God's marvelous grace allows you to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago. So I told you he gives us a lot of examples. So I'm only going to give you a couple. For they have denied our only master, the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to remind you. Though you already know these things, you know we know a lot. We know, I know that already. You ain't got to tell me that. I know. I'm a Christian. I know. I know. 
Okay, so we're going to go back to I know, right? Though you already know these things, that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt, but later he destroyed it. Those who did not remain faithful, he destroyed. And I remind you of the angels who did not stay within the limits of authority God gave them, but left the place where they belonged. God has kept them securely chained. Are you guys listening? Securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great day of judgment. So this even is telling us right here that angels have a choice. And they were disobedient. And don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah and their neighboring towns, which were filled with immorality and every kind of sexual perversion. Those cities were destroyed by fire and served as a warning of the eternal fire of God's judgment. Jumping to 10. But these people scoff at things they do not understand. They mimic. They talk about. They slander, right? Like unthinking animals, they do whatever they want and whatever their instincts tell them. And so they bring about their own destruction. Let's go back to 10. But these people scoff. They talk about. They make fun of at the things that they don't even understand. So whatever the standard is, I'm going to find a way how to lower that to my own standard. I'm going to mimic what you're doing because I don't think that's right, but I want it to be on my level. So I'm, because I don't understand what the standard is, I'm going to lower it, right? And they do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. While this is a lot to digest, listen, we're going to eat this word together, okay? We may not really want to relate, or categorize ourselves such as this, but let's go step by step. Is our life a pure indication of Jesus Christ? That's a real question. Have we literally crucified all of us? Okay. Or do we make excuses for the things that we do? Okay. Prime example will be, I will walk in love. I know I'm supposed to walk in love. But you know what? You and your attitude, you could catch me on the streets. I promise you. Just give me one round. I'm good. I got you. I'm confused. So why do we just let down our crucified life to defend something in our flesh versus giving it to God and praying, right? I'm looking at my best friend because my best friend, she we, we right here, okay? I'm looking at her. Or what about this? You see your brother and your sister falling, right? Instead of you saying... You have someone, matter of fact, let's switch this, because this is really me three years ago. You have somebody come to you and say, hey, sis, hey, bro, I see that this is becoming a pattern. Your lifestyle, you're drinking, you're smoking, you're sleeping from bed to bed. It's becoming a pattern. We always come back to this place of repentance. What's going on? Instead of owning that and living a crucified life and submitting everything to God, what do we do? I'm cool. I'm just going to sit back, drink me a little drink, drink me a little wine, smoke me some weed, and I'm going to be good. I promise you. Then we slap this on it. God going to forgive me. I'll repent tomorrow. Now, let me say this. We may not say God will forgive me tomorrow. We may not say that, but that's our mindset. Because I'm saved and I have grace. I can do what I wanna, whatever I want. I can live this life. Then come right back to this altar on Sunday morning saying, Father, forgive me. I'm so sorry. I'm just... No, stop the buffoonery. What happens to living a, a crucified life, right? What does that look like? Okay, so let's do this. 
How many of us have said, God, if you get me out of this, I'll submit to you? Right? And then when he gets you out, what do you do? Well, thank you for your honesty. Amen. Or maybe this is you. Maybe you're just a silent person, right? Maybe you don't say anything when this is happening around you. You see your brother or sister slipping, but because you stopped fighting on this war God has us on, you've given yourself a pass and a permission to slip to do the very thing your desires want you to do. It's no longer black or white. Now we see gray. So you sit in silence and you don't speak truth. Or you partake in what's happening around you because you can't see clearly. And now you think that you're in the right place. So you will say that this is, this is the standard. And you justify everything that you're doing to get that golden pass, right? But slowly but surely, we've allowed the ungodly people, like the Bible says, to trickle into our lives. It's a hard truth, but let's say, God, help me deal with me. It's a lot, y'all, because you have to look at yourself, and I had to look at myself. It's kind of like that spoiled child that's spoiled and never gets told no, never gets whooped, and always goes to their parents, mom, dad, mom, dad, mom, dad, and mom and dad let them do whatever they want, right? They go out, they sin, they go out and get Fs, they go out and do all these different things. They come back to mom and dad, and they be like, yeah, go ahead. That's how we treat God, like the mom and dad who spoiled the children. We treat him like that. We go to him like, God, give me a pass real quick. Let me do what God, come on, you know. But that's what our lifestyles are looking like. But that's how we operate God's grace. We act ugly. We do what we want. And we think God is going to put a stamp of grace over it. And that's how the church lived on a daily. But what happens when grace runs out? It's a hard truth. But someone say, God, help me deal with me again. Again. It's kind of like we can look at this text and find so many different things that we are not relatable to. We can say, okay, I'm not sleeping from bed to bed. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I serve. I witness. I give homeless people whatever they need. But that's all good, right? But what if I told you that a hardened heart can lead to you sinning towards God. What if I told you that not receiving correction, not submitting to leadership, and also picking and choosing who you want to submit to, and being justifying why you're doing the things that you're doing, that is rebellion. And rebellion will have you in a state of apostasy. I strongly believe that the people of Jude the, Jew, the people that Jude was speaking to, they really believed that they were living a life of Christ. They really believed that, right? But I really believe that this didn't happen overnight. This didn't happen where I just woke up, I just want to have sex with everybody. I want to smoke, I want to drink, I want to be ugly. This didn't, happen, this didn't happen overnight. This took some time. But it was a condition of their heart. God cannot do anything with a stony heart. But it's a heart. It's a heart of flesh and a heart of stone. And with a heart of stone, it can't hear, 
It can't respond, and it won't even pump blood through your body. I said blood. Blood. It won't even pump blood through your body. So ideally, you would justify why you do what you do. We slap grace over everything. We say that God knows our heart. And then what happens is we keep on doing the same thing when people come into our lives to give us correction, help us, mentor us, walk alongside us, guide us, lead us, all that good stuff. Guess what? We push them away. And slowly but surely, our hearts become hard where we can't hear, we can't respond. And then guess what? You sit on that bed having a massive heart attack with no help. So ask yourself, what does your heart look like? I want to read you Ezekiel 36, 25. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water onto you, all of those who are going to baptize today, amen, and you will be clean. Your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. And I will take your stony heart. This is oh, the word of God. I will take your stony heart, your stubborn heart, and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow. Keyword, follow. Keyword, follow. Keyword, follow. Keyword, follow. Keyword, follow. I'm saying that because we justify everything that we do, you guys. And we think that we can't live a life of purity. I'm looking up so y'all know that I'm not talking. I'm talking to y'all. So we do not live a life of purity and we justify everything. And we go back and we slap grace on it. But the word of God says right here, I will take out your stony heart, your stubborn heart. This is the word of God. It says stubborn. It says stubborn, S-T-U-B-B-O-R-N. Stubborn heart and give you a tender. That means something that you can feel, y'all. We just submitted ourselves and we can feel, Right? And a responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees. And be careful to obey my regulations. So this shows us that our heart can be responsive. But we have to submit everything to God. Not coming here Sunday after Sunday with the same weights. And we mask. My best friend is a makeup artist. My sister is a makeup artist. And they know how to beat a face like I don't know what. They conceal everything. Keyword, they conceal everything. The black blemishes, they conceal it all. Okay? And then you be bummed, like, mm. But what happens when we do that coming into God's house? We conceal everything. We go home. We masquerade everything. We conceal the hurt. We conceal the pain, the abuse. All these different things, we, we, we just conceal it. Then we come in here and we worship. Hallelujah. You have won a victory. And then we sit in our seats and we watch everybody else on the altar. And we're like, dang, I want to get there. But how can we get there when we just masquerade ourselves right up to the altar? So this is, I'm concluding, guys, I want to do this. I am a visual learner. Leave it? Okay, he said leave it. So I'm a visual learner, Okay. And when I was at home watching the sermon, I felt some type of way because Bishop was at the table. And I was like, come on, Father, be at that table. All your little illustrations, and I'm coming right after you, and I'm going to do the same thing. Okay? All right. So this is, this is amazing, okay? I'm excited, y'all. Okay, for real, for real, let me be honest. Let me just give it to you. Okay. So a lot of times we say, how can we live a life of holiness? and contend for the faith in the middle of apostasy, right? 
How can we live a life of purity in the middle of apostasy in this world? This is my Barbie doll from the Dollar Tree, okay? <laughs> she has rocks, debris on her. You gonna hold it? You gonna hold the mic? No, I want you to hold a Barbie doll. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, babe. <laughs> he gonna hold the Barbie doll. So this is what you look like before Christ. You got some tumbleweeds on you, you got some rocks. Matter of fact, let's do this. Hold her tight, babe. You ain't got no shoe on. You just a mess, okay? This is what you look like before Christ. And here's the thing. That's okay. That is okay. You know why? Because I was before Christ. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, how you look right there. I'm okay. Right? But then, let's put her down, babe. Somebody give me a name for her. Tiffany. This is Tiffany. Okay? So now, Tiffany comes and she says, you know what? I want to live a life of submission. I want to live a life of crucified. I want to follow Jesus Christ. How do I do that? Okay? So this, Tiffany, you see her? She came. Keyword, she came. She came wanting to live a crucified life, right? Her name Tiffany. Okay, Tiffany. So Tiffany, okay? Tiffany, okay? Tiffany. Okay. Tiffany got cleansed. Okay? She got cleansed. Then she got the Holy Spirit. So this is how you have to really do it, because we normally only get our feet wet, but she got really dipped. Okay. So Tiffany, lay her, lay her down, lay her down. Tiffany is now filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm not just saying water baptism. I'm talking really has received Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. So old Tiffany is no longer. We have new Tiffany who is drenched. Now the question is, because I have a lot of my youth ask me this, how do you live a life of holiness when all my friends are turning up, all my friends are smoking, all my friends are drinking, all my friends are having sex? People ask me to have sex all the time. This is real conversations, okay? Even for us adults, how do I live a life of holiness and I'm single and I get horny at nighttime? How do we deal with this kind of stuff? It's real, right? So this same Tiffany now has to live a sanctified, holy life. But she's already drenched in oil. She has the Holy Spirit, who's a teacher, correct? That's what the Word of God says, that he left us a teacher, which is the Holy Spirit, to teach us, right? So what we're going to do is, this is Tiffany. This is the Holy Spirit that's drenched. You see the water? So now the question has been asked, what happens when you have to live in the middle of apostasy? So she's filled. She studies her word. She submits her heart, not just on Sundays, every day. She communes with the Father. She prays, right? And she's living a life of holiness. Holiness, I'm not going to, those are religious words. Let's, she's living a life that reflects Jesus Christ, okay? So the question's asked, how do you live in the middle of apostasy? Somebody ask me that. 
So listen, when life happens, you got the wonder bees that be hitting you. And you just all shooken up. Right? Life starts to hit. Right? Oh, these are my, no, don't, don't worry about it. Then you have debris that comes. These are the people and the friends that you surround yourself with. Okay? But you're asking me, how do you live in the middle of apostasy? Okay? How do you live when the seasons change? How do you live in the state of apostasy and live a crucified life? How do you live? Key word, how do you live? Yeah, how do you live? How do you live? So this same Tiffany, she didn't look like this, but now she's in the middle of it. Because she knows how to regenerate. Right? So with Tiffany, who has been filled with the Holy Spirit, allows the Holy Spirit to teach her, she cleanses herself daily in the middle of apostasy. Okay? So the question is, can I live a holy life? Absolutely. Because guess what? With all this hell, look at this. Look at this. You see this? All this hell that's around her, all her friends that's trying to distract her, that wormed their way. This is her personal space. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is her personal space, has wormed their way into it. Guess what? Look at Tiffany. She's still filled with oil. Look at her. Ain't got nothing on her. So this is what I really want you guys to see because I'm really a visual person. The same questions that are asked to me, I'm talking to my youth, people, even the adults that ask questions, she was drenched with oil. She was drenched with dedication. She was drenched with prayer. And that's how you stay. And that's how you contend in the middle of an apostasy. Because if you look a little bit closer, she still has oil that's dripping off of her. Right? So no longer are we going to ask the question, how do we remain faithful in the middle of an apostasy? Because Romans 6, 12 through 16 says, don't let sin control the way that you live. Don't give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you are dead. But now you have new life. So you use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right. You use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Hey, listen, I need you to be sober-minded and hear this clearly. It says right here, verse 14, it says, Sin no longer is your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under freedom of God's grace. Let's stop right here, though. Listen to this. Sober-minded. Well, then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, now here's the thing. Does that mean that you can keep on going and sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that you... Become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. (laughs) 
Whatever you choose to obey, whatever is your struggle, that's going to be your struggle. As soon as you stop choosing to obey it, it no longer has a hold on you. You hear me? You hear me? So now the question could be, it, it could stop being asked, how do I live in the middle of an apostasy? We don't say apostasy, but we say, how do I do this? How do I remain holy? How do I do it? Girl, you married. You, you get to, girl, stop. Boy, stop. You can be a slave to sin, which leads you to death, or you can choose to obey God, which lives to righteous living. Someone say, fight for the faith. Fight for the faith. Someone say, it's a war cry. It's a war cry. Y'all think I'm crazy, but I'm dead serious. But fighting and contending is not going to be easy. Do you hear me? You're going to have hell on every side of you. A lot of times we say that we're living a life of crucifixion, but we lower the standard. So my big grown butt, Steph, come here real quick. Me and Steph, we, me and Steph, we right here, right? I'm, I'm a Christian. I live this crucified life. I'm with it. Like, no, I love God. But what I do is I lower the standard, and I try to go fight little stuff so that I can have the victory and have this W and put it on a pedestal. But what did you win when you lowered the standard? She can't fight me. She cannot fight me. So what happens, I need you. Yeah, exactly. So what happens when I is over here, I'm putting myself up, I'm a Christian, I'm a woman of God, I'm, I'm winning this fight. Yeah, God, y'all got, sin don't got a hold on me, I got this. Right? And then I look at stuff and I'm like, yeah, what's up? I got you, I defeated you. Now she goes and she sits down. But guess what? That was never the standard. So what I do is I make it seem like to everyone else around me that I'm living up to this standard of holiness, but that is what I made the standards to be. And that wasn't even it, it was him. Because God knows I'm not about to fight him by myself. So I want us to really see that. So the biggest fight is within. fight is from within. Someone says, someone say to me right now, you have to fight. Y'all sound like some big old punks. Say, you have to fight. That's what I'm talking about. Someone scream out to me, it's a war cry. 
So I'm going to say to you right now, you have to fight to live holy. You have to fight for your purity. You have to fight for your mind. You have to fight for the purpose over your life. You have to fight to obey the standard. You have to fight to be the change. You have to fight to be the light in the midst of the darkness. You have to fight. You have to fight to pull your sister and your brother out of hell. But you can't do that when you're contaminated, right? So you have to live a life of holiness, a life of purity, so that you can go into the dark and bring those other ones out. That is our call. That is our call, and it starts with you. It starts with you. But let me say this. We as Christians, we're really some punks. We're some punks. We're really some punks. Let me say this. Because we don't live a life of holiness. Any other religion that you see... I'm in a blended family, and my son's mother, when I tell you she worships Allah, she worships Allah. She don't eat no meat, she covers herself, and she respects their Sabbath. And while this is all crazy, she's teaching the son that over there, we teaching Jesus, Gio over here, Jesus Christ. And it's okay, but what we learn is to take what they do and apply it in our household. Because over here, they're disciplined, they're strict, they pray, they're on their face. My son knows how to speak Arabic. Do you know he's nine years old? He knows how to pray in Arabic. But it's because of the discipline. So when I say Christians are punks, we are punks because we don't want to contend for the faith. We don't want to fight the good fight, right? We let everything go, we let our guards down because we want to fulfill our sinful desires and we want to do what we want to do and we don't even say, God, is this what you want me to do? I asked the mother, I asked the mother of Gia, I said, hey, I want you to do something with me. I want to have this party for Gia. I want to do all these different things. And I said, it's on Saturday. And she was just like, okay, well, I'm pregnant. But furthermore, you know, that's my Sabbath. I said, okay, and in my head, I didn't say that. But that raised the standard for me because she didn't lower it to do what I want to do over worldly things. She held her standard. I'm not going to do this. This is what I'm not going to do. I still respect you. I still love you. But I'm not going to lower my standards, right? And so that's what we need to learn how to do. I'm going to give you these six steps and we're out of here, okay? I'm going to let you guys know something. I'm sharing my heart with you guys. Is something on that screen, no? Six tips. I'm going to share something with y'all. Because my biggest fear, I have three children. My biggest fear is if we don't fight for the faith to live holy, our children, my children, they will never know what it's like to live a life of submission. I don't think y'all understood that. If you're loose at home, you're compromising at home, and then you come and you say, I need you to read this word, I need you to pray, but you're compromising at home, how would your sons, your daughters ever know what it's like to live a life of holiness and submission? They won't. So don't lower the standard because it seems untainable in this moment. God has graced you, and he's giving you strength to fight. You got this. Tell your neighbor you got this. Six steps and we're done. Did everyone get a nail when they walked in? No? Okay. They didn't? It's Okay. It's okay. Number one, anyone taking notes? It's time to take notes. Deep, let's go. Y'all ready? Someone says fast track. Fast 
Number one. How they not twins either, okay? How you remain Tiffany that's filled with the Holy Ghost, cleansed by his blood, and is able to stand in the middle of an apostasy. I'm gonna give you those steps now on how to not go back to the old Tiffany. Number one, build yourself up. I want you to repeat, build yourself up. That's in the word of God and in worship. Application of the word and be a doer of the word. Everyone say, build yourself up. Number two, pray. Number two, your prayer life in this season is vital. You can't miss your heart-to-heart evaluations with God. And you can't just expect to have them on Sunday mornings. This will come through prayer. We had a prayer boot camp. This place should have been packed. Okay? No need to feel bad. Next time, be here. Okay? Number three, contend for God's love to lead you. Number three, everyone say it. Contend for God's love to lead you. We have to war to stay in love. Sometimes it gets really ugly when you have to contend to stay in love. When you see your brother or your sister falling, are you going to give up? Are you going to let love win? What are you going to do? How do we walk in love on a daily? That's contending for God's love to lead you. Number four, contend for your purity. Danielle, what's number four? What's number three? I want us to be present in these moments because we miss teachable moments and we don't apply anything. We say amen and then when we get home, we don't apply anything that we're learning. So we're going to contend for our purity. Thoughts? There is literally a war for your thoughts. There's a war for your thoughts. There's a war for your eyes. There's a war for your ears. And there's a war for your heart. That's why when we started this message, we said these things have to happen so that we could be receptive, correct? If the enemy could get any one of those things, he got you. Point blank period. I don't care what no one says. If he could take your ears, he could take your eyes, he could take your heart, he has you. And so you submit that to God. Contend for your family. No matter what it looks like, don't stop praying for your family members. I don't care how ugly they can get. I don't care how far they say that they are going and they're not coming back to Christ. Keep on praying, and I promise you they will be in these seats. Do you hear me? Contend for your marriage. All the married people, please say hello. Contend for your marriage. It's a war out for marriages because covenants want, the enemy wants covenants to be broken. Guess why? Because we are the ones who biblically are supposed to produce. Y'all can catch it later. So if I could get you guys to divide yourselves, you're no longer going to produce. So then now the kingdom of heaven is not going to, the kingdom is not going to be enlarged because now I've stifled the union of the marriage bed.
You don't even know it's in your own marriage, Jesus Christ. It's in my word. The correction, it was in my word. Jesus Christ. Contend for your children. We must fight for our children. Build them up in the most holy faith. Because they are the ones who is going to lead this next generation. Okay? Don't stop with them. If they're rebellious, pray over them. Teach them. Because they are going to be our next governors, our next doctors, our next preachers, our next teachers. They will be the next. But if we give up on them now and we beat them up now, guess what? We're not going to affirm anything that's in them and they're going to run away. That's good. So to wrap this all up, we have one more contempt for your purpose. Don't lose hope. Continue the dream. Continue to become. I tell all my ladies in Wives Club to continue to become. Keep growing. You are more than enough. A lot of times we don't get affirmed a lot. You are more than enough. Someone says, I am more than enough. I am more. Wrap it up. Build yourself in the word of God. Pray. Allow God's love to lead you. Speak truth. Don't compromise. And allow your character to speak for you. God, you be glorified. I'm going to wrap this up. This is it. Thank you guys for listening. I want to tell you guys this. For those who are getting baptized, they've already heard my heart concerning this because I really walk close with them. But I'm going to share with you guys. I don't play with God. I don't play with God. Three years ago, I was in a state of depression. And I've had, I had people come check on me. I had people come say, hey, Didi, how you doing? You lost your sister, but how you doing? And while I sat and everyone saw strength around me, inside I was weak. I was hurting. I was angry. Right after that, I believe I broke my leg. Right after that, I got pregnant. It was just a lot going on. It was like a whirlwind of things happening to me. And I hollered, no one checks on me. No one asks how Didi is doing. But that's a lie. Because I have several people who are here today who sat with me and walked through this thing with me, right? So those who are getting baptized today, I share with them, I'm going to share with you guys. A lot of times we have this war within ourselves of how to live holy, but this is what's going to help you remain in that place of purity. I told our candidates, we like to get baptized because it looks good. The pool looks good. The dipping of the water looks good. And we live a holy life for about two to three weeks. I'll give you three months. Let me stop. I'll give you three months. Then we start scrolling on Instagram. We start seeing different things. We start leveling ourselves up and doing this comparison of others. We allow filth to fill us. We run away from God's word. We justify why we do the things that we do. But then we always forget to look back to where God dipped us. So I told some people that I'm very close to, I said, listen, you honor me, you love me, but what we not going to do, we not going to play with God. 
And so I'm going to charge you like this, and I'm going to charge you guys like I charged them. And I'm honored to say that they're getting in the pool today. When you feel yourself slipping, does everyone in this house, in this place, have a house or a stove in their house? Everyone has a stove? Raise your hands. I need to see. Because there's no excuse. When you feel yourself slipping, I want you to go home. Those who are getting baptized, they already did it because the charge was already given to them. Put your hand over the fire. And I want you to leave it there until it burns. You know why? Because this gets you back to a place to get your feeling back. Is what I'm doing right now worth me going to hell? This is a real truth. We're not about to play with this thing. Because there's so many people that are not in this church today. Local communities, the body of Christ. When I say church, I'm talking about the body of Christ. Because we as people, we play with God. And so you wonder why people can't live a life of purity. Because you're not doing it. Can you wait into marriage to have sex? Absolutely. Can you live in the middle of apostasy and live holy? Absolutely. But it has to be a choice. What is your portion? So before sin, your portion was sin. That was your miller choice. Now that you're in Christ, victories and wins are your miller choice. And so it's up to you if you're going to actually conquer. So the first thing I want you to do when you get home, those who have already done it, thank you. Put your hand over fire and ask yourself if it's worth doing. I want you to write it down. I'm a believer of journaling so you could go back and see your deliverance. Number two, take a nail. Go to the 99 cent store, do what you got to do. Get a nail and put it in the middle of your hand and press in. And keep on pressing it. It sounds real crazy, but this is how you look when you sin it. And you profess Jesus Christ. You look silly. Put the nail in, deep, 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 deep in until you can't feel it anymore. And then ask yourself, am I willing to live a crucified life so that others can see God's glory flow from me. And finally, I need you to repent. Repent for being in a state of apostasy. Repent for making this your choice. Repent for making excuses of why you're here. And those who are married, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm not lying to you. Repent to your spouses for not being the prime indication of Jesus Christ in your homes. You guys are in covenant. Be covenant. Let light, let God's light shine in all realms of your life. So this call, I'm going to give it to my father. He can take over. Before you do anything, check your heart. And I want to follow up. You see everyone next to you? Look at who's next to you. Look, like seriously, look. It's your duty next Sunday to check on this person. I'm not talking about they have to be present, but you need to get their phone number. You need to ask, how are you doing this week? And I'm not talking about how you doing, and then they respond like, I'm good. No, 
Bijan, she asked, how are you doing? And then she responded with, well, what makes you, what makes you say that you're doing good? So you asked an open-ended question. Did we not go over this? I asked her, I said, how do I ask a question if I'm good? And they respond to me, oh, I'm good, I'm fine. Well, what makes you say that you're good? Accountability. We don't know that word. So I love you guys. I thank you for listening to me. I pray that everything that was spoken will be able to be planted in your hearts. I pray that every thing that was stony will be now made a heart of flesh so that you'll be able to receive. I pray that your ears were open and you received. I pray that your eyes were open so that you'll be able to see. Look within yourself so that you can see yourself. So every filth, everything that's not like God will be ridded of you so you can live a life of holiness in the middle of apostasy, debris, turmoil, rebellion, and you don't have to let down your cross to walk alongside someone else. I love you guys. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at hvcla.com. We love you, family.